Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 21, produced 13 December 2015. Traditional Scottish folk music has quite a following worldwide, and why not, with a diaspora estimated to number near 50 million. With the advent of internet radio, the music is available virtually around the globe through outlets like Pandora, Spotify, and with apps like TuneIn Radio. Smithfield Fair are no strangers to audiences worldwide. Their music has passed the test of time. 43 years of performing has resulted in 30 albums. Since 1989, the band has centered its musical talents around both traditional and original Scottish-themed songs. When we return, part two of my conversation with Bob, Jan, and Dudley Bryan, Smithfield Fair, here under the Tartan Sky. Caught up in the mystic and spellbinding saga that is Outlander? Wishing you could be swept away over the sea to sky? Why not come and visit Claire and Jamie's world? It's a land of standing stones, shimmering lochs, and great glens that stretch to the horizon and beyond. Outlander, whether in books or on TV, is Scotland. Come and visit the breathtaking landscapes, walk the historic castle grounds, listen for the skirl of the pipes through the thickening mists. You can travel through time when you visit and experience Scotland. Smithfield Fair is a folk trio with deep Scottish roots from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They are acknowledged as one of the foremost presenters of traditionally based Scottish music in North America. In part one of my conversation with Bob, Jan, and Dudley Bryan, we learned of their early musical influences from church hymns to the pop folk tunes of the association. We also learned a bit about their songwriting style, influenced by their Scottish heritage and complemented by their decades of performing together. It's been said, as Dudley Bryan told us, that their original works have the weight of hundreds of years on them, meaning they blend almost seamlessly with ages-old traditional Scottish tunes. As I've met and researched the band, I've uncovered many surprises, like the fact that Bob has a penchant for the rare Westerly Guild acoustic bass guitar that is an integral part of the band's acoustic sound. I was also surprised to learn the band had a special song in their repertoire that might one day become special to Scots everywhere. So we begin part two of my conversation with Smithfield Fair with my asking the band about the song called Scotland Fair Scotland. At the time that we were approaching the Indie Ref, um, there was talk about if Scotland went independent, there would need to be, they would need their own national anthem. Um, And I was uh, surprised, to say the least, when I was reading that you guys submitted yeah. Scotland Fair Scotland as a potential 
Anthem. Tell me about that process, where that all came from, and, and how you got involved in that. Wait a minute. Did you think it would, you like it? You think it would work or not? Uh, no, I like it. <laughs> okay, right. I just no, no, to I, first. I did, as we were saying earlier, um, <laughs> the song that you were we were talking about. Um, Bonnie Banks. Bonnie Banks. Bonnie Banks. Isn't an anthem. And uh, and there was talk of Doogie oh. McLean's, uh, no, that was Caledonia. Yeah, Caledonia, was, yeah, Caledonia. Caledonia yeah. maybe. And and I'm sorry, I, Caledonia just brings tears to my oh, eyes. I can't beautiful. listen to it without crying. Oh, my goodness, that's a beautiful you know, I probably will edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Song. It's beautiful. It just tugs at my heart. But I don't sense that being a national anthem either. Too, no disrespect. Too to, many words to it. It's too ballady. Yeah, it, and it's it, not it, really it directed. Yeah, it, it isn't directed to national pride. It is directed to the personal feel that we all pull, that we all feel to Scotland and our Scott heritage. Yeah. But to me, it, it, it just it's not an anthem. Right. Um, your song, Scotland Fair Scotland, when I, I listened to it for the first time on the drive down here before this interview, and I thought, now that sounds like a national anthem. So where Thank did you. all that come from? Well, uh, the Glasgow Herald uh, did a contest just in the paper. Uh, what people thought would be a new national anthem for Scotland. Uh, no, it, nobody had pointed out to them that, uh, again, devolution uh, until its complete independence, they couldn't have uh, uh, a national anthem. So what they did was they said, what are your candidates for a national anthem of existing material? And, of course, Scotland the Brave came out, which has, I don't know if you know, but the words to it written by a humor writer. I think his name's Cliff Headley. Uh, but, but he's a... He's a humorous writer. Flower of Scotland is what we were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Flower of Scotland, I think, was either five or not on the list. But uh, Scots Wahey was on there, which is, uh, again, a good a good possibility. But it, it only addresses uh, a bygone day. More of a rant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, which is a Burns, uh, magnificent Burns tune. Um, and then they had, I think, Marty's Wedding was on there. And uh, Bonnie Banks of Lachlan was on there. Wild Mountain Time was on there. So... There were, you know, some odd things on there. And then somebody pointed out that they, you know, this was all well and good, but couldn't have it. It wasn't going to happen unless... So, jump up a couple of years, and Scotland the brand, which is the corporate entity that that is charged with promoting Scottish uh, trades worldwide, uh, Harris Tweed, different whiskeys and things like that, um, they decided to hold a legitimate concert, I mean, a contest. Uh, They made two... Well, one really big misstep up front. The head judge was Phil Cunningham, one of the greatest of Scottish musicians, which took him out of the running yeah, as and a he composer. Yeah, submit. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, what's he going to do, judge? It? Oh, well, I've got the best in. Yeah. Um, so that took it out because he, he is brilliant and, oh, and I think yeah. would have come up with something really wonderful. Um, but uh, the, the idea was is that you had to have, it had to be uh, conscious of history, forward-thinking, it had to talk about Scottish culture and, and heritage. Uh, it had to mention uh, something of the past, like Scots Gaelic language, and something of the future. Um, so, uh, you know, it had to have all it these had, multifaceted... It had criteria. Yeah, it had mm-hmm. criteria. And they said, this is what you've got to do. And people put forward uh, their candidates for it, wrote things for it. We did too. Scotland Fair Scotland fit that. Uh, while we were writing it, uh, I was a, a, a very uh, heavily influenced by a mentor of mine, Tom Murray, who's from Newton Marins, which is just south of Glasgow. And Tom recites on our Burns album and things like that. I mean, you listen oh, to this. It's a beautiful, voice. beautiful speaking People say voice. all the time, I would listen to him read the phone book sort of thing. 
And Tom said, we, we, Jan and I wrote a draft of Scotland Fair Scotland, and we, we took it over to the house that night, and, and over Haggis and Brussels sprouts and tatties, we just, you know, we sort of tore, tore the thing apart. Tooled it. And, and, and said, you know, what do you think about this? And he said, well, it's not an anthem. He said, you know, Flower of Scotland is not an anthem. It's a folk song. He said, but, you know, you can see why it's popular and the people can wave their flags and things in the stands and do it. He said, it caters to their emotion. He said, but an anthem has to be something that people can stand there with their hand over their heart and, and sing with all their intensity. Mm-hmm. And so we retooled it until we came up with Scotland Fair Scotland. We put it together and we sent Tom it Murray off. Approved. And had short- to Tom Murray yeah, approved. Tom Murray approved. Shortly thereafter, um, they picked William Jackson's Land of Light as the winner of it, which again is a great folk song, wonderful composition, not an anthem. Well, and then again, somebody pointed out the fact you can't have one until you know we're independent. Until you're independent, right? Um, we were glad to see that some of the BBC radio channels played Scotland Fair Scotland in the discussions over uh, complete independence in the last uh, resolution. But the referendum really would have been a wonderful way uh, to, to make people more nationalistic, and I think it did that. Uh, even though it was defeated, I think people came away and said, we read a lot of the things where people said, um, you know, yeah, it, you know, it, it, I didn't realize we were that close to being, I would have voted differently if I'd known that we had this much support, but I figured we'd, We'd mucked it up before, you know, right. why should we now? So they didn't do it. It didn't happen. It may happen one day in the future. But that's what that, that anthem was supposed to do, was to, to make people feel like, you know, you hear it, to stand up. Uh, we were very touched. It's specifically Scottish. I think it was Shreveport right. or Monroe. We went one of the first times we ever played it. And I just mentioned that this was, you know, our candidate for the national anthem. And we started playing it, and people were on their feet. And swayed, you know, and so it was very touching that people really, uh, really liked it, that it was a nice tune. To us, it represents um, sort of one of those quintessential Scottish, new Scottish things for us that we were able to add into the mixture. And and have had the, the compliment by people saying, that, oh, I thought that was a traditional song. Uh, for it not being that old and people think that it is traditional is pretty mm-hmm. amazing. It means you struck the right chord, no pun intended. Yeah. But then the, the Massacre of Glencoe <laughs> was uh, written by uh, an engineer from London. It's not a, a, a Jim Jim McLeod, I think it's McLean, Jim McLean. Um, it's not that old. It was written in the 60s. But everybody, for even us, we thought for years thought it, it was, was traditional. And he called me one day and said, I see y'all did my song. I love your version of it. But I got to tell you, it's not traditional. I wrote it. Wow. And we said, we'll, we will make sure you get credit. Uh, and, and, and we did. Sure. We made all those steps to do that. But um, uh, it was amazing. And I told Alex Beaton, I said, you know, <laughs> this, I got a call from this guy. He goes, yeah, he's the writer. It's not a traditional song. So oh. that, I think it's the highest compliment. People think Paul McCartney and Denny Lane's Mulligan Tire is a traditional oh. song which is the highest compliment I think you can pay to them as writers. Sure. I think if people think that Scotland Fair Scotland like that is a traditional song, we've been very successful in that. There's grandeur in these tethered glens Noble stag on thistle bend Proof of God's own guiding hand Martial valor honoured again and depend
sense echoes where long these riches reign. Ancient Celtic blood runs strong in spirit and in name. Here the eagle soars on high, Gallic strength our battle cry. Standard high, Scotsman will live free or die. The land owns us, not we the land. Our fathers' faith abides. Of Scotland, fair Scotland, the pipers play with pride. Tartan print of man, strong the stamp of heart and song, far the reach of Scottish fame, lifting up and righting wrongs, all by shunt, shining in the past. Scotland, fair Scotland, bright the Some would say I should say when, and, and I don't want to get into politics. If and when Scotland becomes independent, would you want to see Scotland Fair of Scotland put forward again at that time? Oh, there, when there, when oh, there must be a decision about yeah. a national anthem. I've yeah. listened to a lot of the candidates. Other other people, That's other it. musicians, both here and in Scotland that we know, have said, you know, well, this is what I wrote. And and the comment that I love the best is a, a friend of ours in Scotland said, wow, hearing that makes me realize how far off mine was. And I thought, well, that, I don't want to make them feel bad, but that's wonderful because that means I was a little bit closer than I, you know, than I thought I was. Sure. Uh, and maybe, 
you know, who knows? I never got a, a, a an acknowledgement that I you know, that got in on time. Maybe it came in the day and sat in the mail after the judging, and maybe they never heard it. I don't know. It would be nice to think that it would be considered so. But so me being more having graduated in advertising design, I told Dudley, I said, you know, what really would have been is a video assist would have been really neat. Yeah. One of those things where somebody, one of us start, stands up and starts singing and you're in a stadium. And then all of a sudden, one, one, and by the end, the second verse, it, you look out, it's everybody doing A modern day flash mob. Oh, That's yeah, it. flash Absolutely. mob. Absolutely. Yeah. And it would be, and I think if that would have been heard in that sense, mm-hmm. it probably would have run hands down because I looked at the song, my view, my view of it, the way it came out and came out finished was, it's a sing-along song. It, it is. is an anthem. It's it a is. true anthem sure. where you, it's inspiring. It makes you want to, you know, shake your fist and, you know, scream and the top of your lungs. Yep. And it has room for that shouting and, you know, hurrahs afterwards that you really... And it, it makes a good pipe tune. Yeah, it makes a good pipe tune. <laughs> well, that, I mean, then, and that's a very key point. Uh, it does make a pipe tune. It is very Scottish. I can brag on it because Dudley wrote it. And, he, you know, I can, I can say I'm very, you very proud of that song. I added a little bit to it. But it has periods and commas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has the yeah. uh, it has the respect for the culture in it. It has the uh, the majesty of the culture in it. it. Has the emotion. I have to, yeah, I have to agree. When I listened to it, it was the first song that I heard, and I heard many of the ones that that we're talking about that were suggested and put forward mm-hmm. as potential anthems. And it was the first one I heard that that I thought now that is a proper national anthem. The others are great, beautiful songs. Caledonia not accepted, right. uh, but it's not, to me, none of them were anthems. And when I heard yours driving down today, I thought, now that, to me, sounds like a national anthem. And I can see, coming from a radio, television, broadcasting background, as well as some advertising and marketing, I can see, in fact, I, I volunteer to produce the video because I can see okay. what your picture is. You, <laughs> you see the individual guy walking through or, or woman walking through the goalpost at, at a stadium or in, in an empty stadium there, Murray Field, for example, in Glasgow, and walking out and I said Glasgow, Murray Field is in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, well, okay. In Scotland. That's okay. But yeah, you, I, I mean, I, I can visualize now that the single individual walking out, starting to sing that song, and then there's two or three here and there, and before you know it, the stadium is filled, and the saltire is being raised, and the people are, you know, and everyone is joining in. And then the pipe band marches in. And then in. the pipe band marches in to, to close it out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that video, is, it's a done deal. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we have met a kindred spirit. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. We've talked about your broadening out to keep the band busy and keep it performing and getting your music out in front of people. Is radio play critical to the success of your music, or is it more performances like at our Tartan Festival and Celtic Festivals and Highland Games? Yes. Which is more... (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Bob, for that affirmative answer. (laughs) But I'm curious, which do you see, or are they they equal partners in, in terms of keeping your music, Smithfield Fair's music, live and getting it out to people and being able to keep that audience and build that audience, especially if you're not on the road 40-odd weeks of the year like you used to be. I, th- I think that radio actually would have to win because it's ongoing, it's 12 months of the year, it's daily, it's 24 hours a day, and a festival is a set event, and it's, it's limited. 
So you could hear us live at a festival and then never hear us again if it weren't for CDs and radio. But is your music, what's the right term? How do you get it onto mainstream radio? Is there mainstream radio for the music that you play? No, I don't really think think so. so. I think that's where the web has come in, podcasts, things like that have come in helping us because like when we play down in uh, uh, Pensacola uh, for the public broadcasting there, and they share that with other networks and stations and friends of mine who heard it one guy heard it in colorado and he said man y'all are on the public uh, tv in in colorado somebody else said they heard it on a radio that we had done they heard a radio somewhere along the east coast here and said y'all were on you know radio so that because they did a multi uh kind of a uh, what you call a multi uh it's a uh, five camera shoot for a live it's a live concert yeah a five camera video shoot for um, television for uh-huh. public television, and then it's also a broadcast radio program okay. uh, on theirs, and they're all shared. They share with other radio stations around the country. Yeah. But as Jan was saying, radio top forty radio is twenty four seven three sixty five. Right. Where do you go to find traditional Scottish music, Celtic music on the radio twenty four seven three sixty five? Shows commercial. like yours. Yeah, not on commercial. Commercial radio is not available anymore. Um, It's you know you've got however many stations are owned by one or two companies. Yes, Uh, Mm -hmm. Clear Channel. I don't know what they're called. iHeart Radio now. I think they're called. uh, Basically, bought up everybody, and then they they streamlined them and and they have a little think tank that puts together the players for them. And I don't care if you're in Poughkeepsie or in your Taos, New Mexico, or you're in Portland. You're getting the exact same things. It's the same concept with McDonald's. You can yeah. walk into a McDonald's anywhere in the world right. and order a quarter pounder, and it's going to be the same. That's right. I went to <laughs> quick, funny side story. Mm-hmm. My second trip into Scotland uh, back in January, I was moving from where I had been in. in uh, I'd spent a week in Edinburgh, and then I went to Forth and spent two weeks there. I was going to back up to Old Kilpatrick, uh, to a place I love to stay, just uh, in the Old Kilpatrick Hills, outside of Glasgow. And I, I was driving between destinations, and I was hungry. And I stopped at a red light, and just there to my right was a burger chef. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and it was the first American meal I've had in three weeks, uh, three or four weeks of being in Scotland. But I zipped in, and so I grabbed a Whopper and to eat on the road and, and continue on to, to the cottage I was staying in. But I was shocked that a Whopper in Scotland tastes the very same as the one that I could get right down oh, the road in no. Shreveport. On the one hand, yeah. that was very comforting. Yeah. On the other hand, it was a bit disappointing. It's a little disturbing. You're yeah. a burger in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're kind of thinking, "Wow, this it'll it'll be yes, it's Burger King. Yes, it'll be a Whopper, but it's yeah. it's bound to be a little." Just bit remember, though, styro- styrofoam is a set formula. It can be produced anywhere. <laughs> well, the thing is with radio. Uh, I mean, it is. It's gotten it's sort of flatlined in a lot of ways. They're not breaking anybody or anything anymore. And by breaking, it's a radio term. It means that they are discovering and promoting those people. right. The way uh, independent radio is doing, and there are still independent community radio out there, which is our biggest market, Uh, the Folk DJ blog uh, is filled with people who are ardently, and have been for decades, ardently promoting independent music. The problem is, is they're being shut down on a a frightening level as they get to a point where the, the radio station has no money, it changes format, they're too old to do it. And these are people that are largely volunteers to begin with. Mm-hmm. So you can't cut their salaries. What can you do? You can cut their airtime. Yeah. Uh, or you can change to a, a format that doesn't include them. 
Um, and that diminishes constantly as we go along. Podcasts have picked up, taken over for that. Um, satellite radio, it's really kind of interesting. We do a Scottish record. Pandora will play it all day long. Uh, we do a, a you know, Southern Americana record and send it to them. They don't accept it. So it's kind of strange the way it happens, but it, what it does mean is that the Scottish portion out there still has channels and still has places to get it out, and that's really good. In Scotland, of course, there are radio stations that play our music and play mm-hmm. uh, you know, other artists similar to us uh, on a daily basis. It's just, you know, it, it's a fact of living. That's their culture, and they're going to do that. There are Scottish radio programs in Japan, in Germany, in the Netherlands, New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We're on a lot of them. Uh, Brazil, Israel. I mean, it, it's out wow. there. Poland. We were on the top of the list for Poland for a while <laughs> um, because they have a they have a big folk market there. I mean, there's just something that's funny about a Scottish band from Louisiana mm-hmm. being number one in Poland. In Poland, <laughs> it, there really yeah, is. The, the Scottish diaspora is, you know. It's it like is. a pinball. It's, well, you know, and that's the audience that, that I'm shooting for with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. There are 50 million of us out there. Yes. But it's, you know, it's. I think it takes both. Um, I agree with both Bob and Jan on this. I think each one of them has its place. Um, I, we love to play live. It's part of the sort of missionary zeal that we have to get out the message of the music that we play. Um, we just did a house concert. Um, in two weeks, we'll be at a festival. We go where we can go, where we have the opportunity. People say... You know, uh, how come you're not here and not there anymore? And I'll say, well, we either weren't asked or it was too far for us to go at that particular period of time. Or or they folded. Yeah. I mean, that's a sad one. That was a Scottish festival we tried for years to get into. We finally got in. We're so excited. And two weeks before the festival, they called and said, we've gone belly up. That's it. And, And... that's so sad because it was a Scottish festival, and it, you know we. I would rather, of course, sing at a festival than hear myself on the radio. There's nothing like performing and being there, and the people sing with you. Or we have one song where everybody forms a line and acts like they're rowing a boat because <laughs> it's long ships, and you know they just really get into it. And we have all kind Especially of weird, in Texas. yes, and mm-hmm. weird. Texans get into all kinds of... Oh, they're wonderful. They 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 get in double rows like they're rowing a longship. And they walk around as... And they actually keep time, which is pretty good. That is good. Texans usually aren't good at that. (laughs) Well, some of them. Some of them keep time. But, you know, so as far as a performer and a musician, of course, the the plum is the festival. Mm -hmm. The plum is the live performance. But as far as what helps the band, the music get out the most, that would have to be radio because it's not such limited in time and space.
late to run, too late to run, to run for the hills. Long ships are coming, you better be
everywhere. You guys have been out for a while. What is it, 40-odd albums in 40, 30 years? 43 yes, and they years are very odd. In 30 yeah. albums. <laughs> Give me that. 43 years and 30 albums. 30 albums, yeah. Good one, <laughs> And a 45. And some, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like your music isn't out there. But what do you see then as the future for Smithfield Fair? Where where do you where are you not at now that you want to be? I don't you know over the years after forty three years of doing this, we've we've done a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know somebody started a phrase a few years ago a bucket list. Uh, you know what do you want to do before you die? Yeah. And I went, I, I'm doing it. Um, you know every time I put my kilt on. And go out and play it at Highland Games. I feel great about it. I really do. When I put on my trousers and go in and play a house concert, I, I love it. I'm having a great time. Uh, we do a television program uh, like Radio Live in Pensacola, and you go and do it, and and it's just at that moment, it's one of the most wonderful things. So we're we're as they say, living the dream. But we we never had the kind of broad based success that. A lot of people hope for, but can also be very crippling. It can get you to the point where you're just insane trying to make it happen again, and it mm-hmm. never lasts for anybody. So, you know, at this level, we've just kept rolling along, and that's what we'll continue to do. And, and I really like this idea about the next gig we're going to do is in Scotland, in Scotland, where we're going to be into the, in the arena, and we're going to be doing our Scotland Fair Scotland, yeah, and we'll we become the national anthem. That's that would that I guess that, that would be a chair. yeah we'd like that that would be good That's okay good. Santa we'd like that <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. just, just remember I'm the producer and so I'm going with you <laughs> and that's why they're going to overdub me and put me out right okay. no, 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 you can play bass I just want to be the producer I think I get a shepherd's pie out of that yeah probably so maybe even a haggis and a weed oh. ram or two or from Brighty or two yeah. yeah oh they call them Macintosh meat pies here I'm they do call them meat pies here I yeah just want, I just want Macintosh jewelry oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, It was funny because I was just in Texas uh, last weekend at a hot air balloon rally, and we stopped over there. They're they're not meat pies. They're fried pies because you can get them with apple and cherry and coconut, but you can also get pizza and barbecue. And and so I had a a barbecue brisket in a fried pie, and I posted that on Facebook. And some of my friends in Scotland went, "Uh uh-oh, what is that? That looks good. When did you you guys start copying what we do? Because the Scots will put any damn thing they can find into a pie. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And they'll fry anything. The, well, the motto of our family is, you know, they always have those little on the on the, the clan crest there. Yes, have the motto. says, it ain't food if it ain't fried. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a minute. You brought one other point that I like to do. I read in one of the Scottish Highland Magazine where there's a place, a roadhouse in Scotland that won for the best bacon sandwich. Oh, yeah. Ah. And they, they, they pile bacon high on it. And they mush it down, kind of like a putty sandwich, you know, what they do with the chips and the. Yeah. Uh, and that I got to go there and have one of those. Okay. So, you know. Now well, I don't know. I don't know how in Scotland if they cure the bacon or not, but I, I heard they, that they, they did. They did. Well, uh, once you've sandwich. had one of those, I may have to play bass on the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there may be no exit on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have done some performing in Scotland. Am I right about that? Yeah. Have, how yeah. long ago, or when were you last there? Uh, and and we, are you any plans to go back? We were last there it's in '97. Yeah. Um, we have a Jan and I have a daughter who is uh, now grown on her own. Um, she's been back since then. Uh, we have not because we've spent so much time between the band and Margaret and life as it is, uh, not going back. But we we get a lot of you know people saying, "When are you going to come back?" 
and I think that we, you know, we will try soon to do that. But we did, uh, we did house concerts and, and things like that, little Kayleys and a, things a, like the, that. Mm-hmm. One of the highlights was a, a Gallic workshop that was hosted for us so that we could learn the pronunciations. and. They were trying to get us to sing more Gallic music. Oh, okay. And we were trying. We really wanted to do it. We have uh, a lot of material that we've sung in Gallic. Um, but they were just... So we performed for them, they performed for us, and it was just a it's wonderful... It's the village evening. hall in our home village where we're from. I mean, that was such a charge there to do that. And they, they put our books and CDs are for sale in their co-op. And and, and what village are we talking about? It's called Appen in, in West Appen. Argyle. Yeah. Okay. Argyle and Butte is the name, name of the, the region now. Yeah. But Appen is a little village of about 200 people. Uh, the great uh, children's author, Marty Hedwick, that does the, um, what are they called? Katie Morag. The Katie Morag books. Um lived there for a while. They're Jew- it's a, such an artistic town. Um, but it's Jewelers, about 17 potters. kilometers Jewelry for uh, yes, yes. north of Oban Let's and 17 kilometers south of Fort William, uh, right on the west coast there. It looks out over Castle Stalker, which if you see a picture of Castle Stalker, you go, oh, I've seen that before. It's one of the most photographed castles in Scotland. Wow. And it sits off on a little promontory uh, just off the coast there in Loch Linney. But, uh, you know, we're in the museum there. Uh, we're, you know... Uh, we have been very much, we're members of the Historical Society there. We go hill walking there when we're there. Uh, we have lots of friends. We eat at the Pier House. And I have to ask, when you're there performing, what's the reaction to Scottish people to a band from Louisiana? Pretty a good. Scottish band from Louisiana. It's very good, but at the end of the night, they... They always it gets down to rather than a performance for us for them, it's it's more like a house concert where they're they're telling you, well, do you sing this? Can you? They want to sing. Do they want to hear some Zydeco? They, well, they want to see sing. You are my sunshine. Oh yes, okay. you are my yes. sunshine. In, Red River thought. Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Baptist hymns. Do we know any Baptist hymns? <laughs> it's the but the, oh they're very open and very positive. Um, Good Scots Presbyterians. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it, we've always been well received and well well treated, and it's, it is it's an it's an exchange. It's a lot of fun, and and it, it you know stimulates us into the culture. Um, that's what it's about. We take things back with us that we would not have gotten otherwise. You have to visit Scotland if you're enamored with the culture and oh, yes. the heritage. You've got to go there. Uh, I've seen things in Scotland I've never seen anywhere else. The music that we have written over these decades of playing this have been the result of hands-on, feet-on-the-track experiences. Walking down a single-track road, following a bunch of sheep, yeah. uh, pulling into a lay-by to let Thielen Coos get out of the way. Uh, all of these things are experiences that... that and you don't, you're don't you not going to experience that anywhere but no, Scotland. No. I, I know I had... Oh, Minden. <laughs> the, light, the light changes there like it does nowhere else I've ever yes. been. I, in fact, I did a series of photographs, something else you and I share, Bobby, yeah. that I found myself constantly stopping and taking pictures of how the light was changing. Yes. I remember yes. one particular house that set out on a, on a promontory alongside a, of a lock, and as I was driving, it, things that you're just, you're just driving down the road and you see something, you go, oh, i got to take a picture of that. And, of course, there aren't many places to pull over 
There's no such thing no. as a shoulder on the side of the road in Scotland. <laughs> I've had a hard time explaining that to my friends. But there are only laybys, and the laybys are not that frequent either, <laughs> or passing places. But so I managed to get out, and when I saw the photograph, there was this. The whole sky was overcast, but there was this beam of sun, sunlight coming out of the sky on that house, like a limbo light on my stage, goodness. just yes. literally spotlighting yes. the house. And I thought, I've got to get that picture. And by the time I could get off the road safely to where I could take the picture, that light had then moved all the way across the lock and was now on the hills on the other side. And yet, and I saw that so many times where mm. it was, yes. I mean, you can sit here sometimes in the States and you can see the sunlight changing as clouds are moving above you. But you don't see that anywhere like you do in Scotland where no. the light changes minute to minute and you can take six different pictures of a scene from the same spot and the light will be different in all six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In just a span of a very few minutes. We watched texture, the, yeah. the sun on the on the sea. We were in Portree, north of Portree in mm. Sky. One time we were having dinner, and we were fortunate enough to be able to sit in front of a big window, and we watched the light skim across the bay, and it looked like it was you know passing over silver coins, just piles and piles yes. of silver coins, the way it lit up the water. And it was just, it was extraordinary. We had, you know, one experience after a, a triple rainbow in Edinburgh when we were there one time. Uh, just really extraordinary scenes that you, you can't find anywhere else. And it's true, if you if you hesitate a hair's breadth, if you, you move it. to something oh, it's, else. Yeah. It's just, it's magical. I was, we were in a restaurant and there was a big window by us and I was talking to the um, our hosts and I was stopped mid-sentence with the light on the mountains. I just suddenly was frozen by what I was seeing and I just couldn't even, I was taken completely out of reality with it. Until the host slapped her and <laughs> brought back into it. A good Scottish thing. Yeah. And, and the timing of, of lightness and darkness is mm. so different than what we're used to here in yeah, the States. Of course, yes. I, I remember on my first trip, I was dining with some friends near Staffen in Skye. And I knew that it was a work night for them. They had to be at work the next morning. I was there, of course, on holiday and could fly in the next day. Right. So I thought, well, I need to leave about twilight, you know, because that would be 8, 8.30-ish, because it was summertime, or near summer. It was mid-May. And so I thought that'll be fine. That way I won't overstay my welcome. We're sitting there, and I'm looking out over the water, and just an amazing view. And it finally gets to be twilight. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I probably should say my goodbyes. And, and so I did, and got in the car, and, and I'm driving back to where I was staying on Sky in Edinburgh and looked at my watch and it was like 10.45 at night. <laughs> oh my word. And, and, and before I could get back to Edinburgh, I stopped and took a picture of the sun setting and it was 11.30, <laughs> which would be post-twilight. Black of night here, yeah. but yeah. was not even sunset there yet. And of course, depending on where you are, if you go far north enough, there are parts of Scotland where the sun never sets. It stays yeah. twilight all night long. Yeah, they were probably wondering why you left so early. They yeah. probably. <laughs> Does he know? Well, yeah. What's, you know, what a, what a wussy going home it at 10.30 at night. It adds to the timelessness of being over there. It does. Yeah. 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 Okay. One final round the table. I know you have a lot to choose from, but I want to hear from each of you. What's the fa- what is your favorite Smithfield Fair song? Oh, ah, well, Winds of Time has been probably one of my favorites on there. Uh, Caravan, I really liked. Well, no, that gets into the newer stuff, but but you know, for the longest time, Winds of Time, I think, was one that really just struck me. 
And it, it really, how much of a kind of a Scottish type of tune in the sense that it's, it's dealing with that, uh, uh, and so it goes, you know, uh, you may never know the winds of time they blow. And it's like, oh. you know, and, and that whole, the concept of that CD was time. And so that one really, I have to say that one still is my favorite, by and large, it's still my favorite moment. Good choice, because that's one of mine, I, I like that. You, you guys played it at, our, at the Tartan Fest, and yeah. I heard it then, and, and I've heard it in the CD since, and yeah. one of my favorites. list because you panicked me when you asked that question. So. I think it was a good question. <laughs> it is a very good question. You can pick one of yours, Jan. It's okay. uh, no, I'd, I'd sort of go between a, a 
a combination we do of Wobby King, but Charlie and Come Yo for France because it, it's moved, it moves, and you've got all that clipped speech you have to do for the, you know, the broad Scots, and it's just a thrill to sing it. And but I get lost completely in Mingle Boat Song. I just, it's so beautiful. I get just really lost in it. So That's... I don't know which one I would choose. Again, two good choices. That was on the, the CD that I listened to on the way down. I heard both of those today. I think I would I would have to choose two. I, I'm not sure that I could I could divide the two up. One would be the Mingle Boat Song, um, and the other one would be an Airscape Love Little Grudge Gil McCree, which is uh, one of my all time favorite Scottish uh, ballads. Um, both of them, really, in my opinion, uh, are a synthesis of older melodies with newer lyrics. Mm. Um, that are uh, so perfectly matched that they create something. Um, the Mingle Boat Song, for example, was the, the melody for that was an old Hebridean melody. Uh, but uh, Sir, oh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, um, <laughs> was the director of the Orpheus Choir in Glasgow. Richardson, I think was his name. Um, anyway, he put lyrics to it about leaving the island of Mingle uh, they, they abandoned it like they had St. Kilda. Uh, it just got too hard to live there. Absentee landlords, you know, dangers from the sea and the, the hard weather. And he really got that. He really touched uh, a chord. Uh, we heard a Gallic choir sing it first in Gallic, and it was just stunning. Uh, it, it left me sort of winded and, and, you know, knowing that I'd been there. And Eriske Lovelilt does the same thing. And, and I have to say that they both are songs of longing. And I think that most Scots expats and most people of Scottish uh, descent always have that longing, that backward longing to go home. Say hey.
My thanks, as always, to my very special guest, and now I'm proud to say my friends, Bob Smith, Jan, and Dudley Bryant Smith, who together are Smithfield Fair. In closing, Dudley Bryant spoke of all Scots sharing a backward longing to go home, and I quite agree. To paraphrase another reviewer of the band, Smithfield Fair's music speaks the language of love, hope, and joy. To me, it speaks the language of Scotland. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website at www.underthetartansky.scot for links to the band and other sources for Scottish and Celtic music. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev agus alapakubra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. Learn more on our website at www.glennlmoyer.com. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore Tartan Sky. That's the underscore symbol Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.